If you've been going around the good old internet looking for the right podcast to fulfill your New York Yankees needs, well, I'll be the first to deliver the good news to you. You have found it. Here on Yapping Yankees with me, your host, Mike Scudero, you and I will be discussing the latest news, takes, and talk throughout the entire Yankee universe. Oh, and there may be some ranting on my behalf. Yeah. Anyway, what do you say we get to it? Let's get to yapping! Good afternoon to my fellow Yankee fans, and welcome to episode 50 of the Yapping Yankees podcast, where we yap about the Yanks and nothing but the Yanks. As always, I am your host, Mike Scudero, here on this Sunday, June 7th, 2020. Let's get things started here on episode 50 by, as always, giving our shout out to the Team Left Jab United Radio Network, as well as Grunt Talks MLB. First up, as always, Team Left Jab. They feature Team Team Left Jab Uncensored, and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab, and check out their great sports content across anywhere that you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout-out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com, to see all of their baseball content, and also see where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also, be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jeb, for helping spread the word every week about yapping Yankees. And also, guys, be sure to follow me on all social media. I usually plug my social medias at the end of each episode, but from now on, I'll be plugging them at the beginning and the end of each episode, because why not? It can't hurt, right? So be sure to follow me on all social medias. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. Follow me on Twitter, which of course is the social media app I am most disgustingly active on, at Mike Scudero. And also you can find me on Instagram at MikeScuds97. Also, guys, before we get going with the show today, I did want to thank you so much if you tuned into my Instagram Live this past Friday, June 5th, the very same one I've been promoting for weeks to celebrate Yapping Yankees episode 50, which of course is today, because the live stream was an absolute blast as I anticipated it would be. I was live for almost an hour and a half. Yeah, I don't shut up easily, as you can often tell from listening to me here on Yapping Yankees too, but it was so much fun. I did have to split it up into two different live streams because, again, I went for an hour and a half almost, and I hadn't known at the time that Instagram has a one-hour live stream limit, so when I hit an hour for the first one after it started to count me down towards the end of it, and when it hit zero, I just started another stream for the little while longer that I streamed for. All of it added up to nearly an hour and a half, and again, I enjoyed every minute of it. It was such a great time with all of you. There were lots of people who stopped by, hung out, had tons of questions for the Q&A, which obviously it was a Q&A, but it was also just meant to be laid back and enjoyable in general to celebrate Yapping Yankees episode 50. So there were tons of comments and just fun interaction overall, as I intended for there to be. We spoke about baseball, basketball and hockey coming back. We spoke briefly about wrestling, had some people actually on the live from friends and supporters to my mother and my girlfriend. It was just tons of fun. 
I did also get a lot of feedback afterwards from people telling me I should do it more often, so I might. And I did say I would consider it beforehand based on how this livestream went. And I think it's safe to say I will be doing this again for sure because it was definitely a success. So again, thanks so much to every one of you who tuned in and had a great time. And the next time I do this, I'll be sure to let all of you know when that is, both here and on my social medias again. And I hope those of you who couldn't make it to the live stream this past Friday can make it to that next one. And again, for those of you who did make it to this past Friday's live stream, again, thank you so much. It was so freaking awesome. Seriously, I had such a good time. You guys are definitely a lot of fun to talk to, but... Otherwise, guys, it is, in fact, episode 50 of Yapping Yankees, trying to bring the energy early here. <laughs> it is a big landmark for this podcast that I did start last June, so basically a year ago. And now that I think about it, considering there are 52 weeks in a year... And I only missed two Sundays since I started this show last year. This would be episode 52 if I hadn't missed those two weeks. And yes, those weeks were weeks I absolutely had to miss for personal reasons in my life. And all things considered, I've been pretty damn consistent this past year, only missing two Sundays. But in any event, if not for those two weeks, again, it would be episode 52 which obviously would mark a year, since I obviously release a new Yapping Yankees episode every Sunday. So, with that being said, I suppose we can celebrate this episode for being the landmark for episode 50, as well as being a year since I started Yapping Yankees now that I think about it. So, that's pretty damn cool. But, I did want to talk a bit about how the podcast got started, for those of you who don't know, or for those maybe just coming across Yapping Yankees now, or in the recent past few weeks, and just give a little background on me and how this podcast came to be last year, and I do know many of you listening already know this story, but it never hurts to repeat for those who may be new, and plus it's nice to reflect on those good times, honestly, but in any event, just some brief history for you new supporters out there, and a reminder for you long-timers, Yapping Yankees, as I said, did start last year, right after I graduated college, Five Towns College to be specific, and at Five Towns College, I did a great deal of work. I did four years there, got my bachelor's degree for mass communications broadcasting. I got on the air at the school's radio station just three weeks into my freshman year, pretty much. And for four out of my four years there, I had one sports talk program, a solo show that I had called All Things Sports. Again, it was on the air for all four years that I was there on the school's radio station. And then three of the four years I was there, I had another sports talk program alongside All Things Sports called Big Apple Banter with my very good friend who I consider a brother to me. Matt O'Leary, and I have plugged him on this podcast a few times because he does release some very good content of his own, so be sure to check him out at Matt O'Leary and why on his social medias, but we had a sports talk program together called Big Apple Banter, in which we talked about all the New York sports, and my solo sports talk program, again, called All Things Sports, featured just me for an hour, live on the air, talking about all of the major sports, including hockey, Max Kellerman. <laughs> So, anyway, those were what the two shows entailed. Again, I did Big Apple Banter with Matt for three of my four years there, all things sports for all four of my four years there, and I was also the assistant manager of the radio station under Matt, who was also the general manager of the radio station, so we worked side by side for years at the school's radio station, which were fantastic times that we both had, and a lot of hard work went into it, obviously, being two managers of a whole radio station, but I wouldn't trade in a minute of any of those memories for anything. 
I also did more work at the school, ranging from obviously going to class. I did two internships. One of those two companies I did an internship at is actually the company I actually work at right now, so that's pretty cool. And I also did on-air play-by-play and color commentary for the school's basketball team for the final three years that I was there, so from my sophomore year, basically, all the way to my senior year until I graduated, I did do play-by-play and color commentary alongside a couple of guys, Matt O'Leary included, for the school's basketball team men's and women's, so that was also a lot of fun. So as you can hear, I did a lot of freaking work in college. I did. I worked my butt off to get my degree, and I'm so, so proud that I have it. It is just a piece of paper, but it is extremely satisfying to get it once you've worked that hard to get it. And at that point, it isn't just another piece of paper. It holds a lot of value to you, as my bachelor's degree does to me, and I'm proud to have it. But once my last semester of my senior year came around, just before graduation, so basically spring of last year in 2019, because I graduated last May in 2019, so I graduated just over a year ago. But in my last semester of my senior year, I started to contemplate maybe doing some work after graduation, because honestly, it would be a blast to do, first of all. And second of all, I was like, well, keeping my broadcasting skills going, which I've worked so hard on the last four years, is kind of like muscle memory beyond college. I should keep doing it to make sure that they stay sharp. And I learned so much from coming up with my own show, putting the format together for it, recording, editing, releasing, promoting, all of this stuff, going live all on my own. I learned all of that in college, and I thought that I should apply that post-graduation with my own content. So I began brainstorming some podcast ideas from a Yankees podcast to a wrestling podcast to something, just some sort of material to come out with after graduation. And eventually, I ended up coming up with the Yapping Yankees podcast because a good friend of mine, Steph, actually came up with the name Yacking Yankees originally because I was having trouble coming up with a name, especially one that wasn't already taken. I'm not looking to rob anyone's name over here. So some of my friends helped me brainstorm a little bit. She said Yacking Yankees, and although it was a very good start, which would be the stepping stone to me getting to the name Yapping Yankees, I just didn't really like the sound of yakking because it almost sounded like someone was throwing up. So I didn't really like that name, but it was a good, good start. And she does deserve a great deal of the credit since, again, that was a stepping stone to me getting to the title of Yapping Yankees. It put me on the right track, no doubt. So I just brainstormed and sat on that suggestion from her for a while, and then I came across the name Yapping Yankees in my mind, and it sounded catchy. I liked it. And since this podcast is all about the Yankees, of course, it's all about other MLB stuff too, if it impacts the Yankees at all, like all the crap going on between the owners and the players right now, which we'll get to later. But since it is all about the Yankees, or anything that directly impacts them, I thought that was a really good name, really catchy, really nice, and I liked it, so I went with it. It was Yapping Yankees, and partial credit to my friend Steph for sure, with coming up with Yacking Yankees, which led me to Yapping Yankees. My good friend Dan, who I was also friends with for much of my time in college, he's a very good graphic designer and was very good at making logos. He made the first Yapping Yankees logo, which has changed multiple times since its origin, because of course Yapping Yankees has evolved and spread to other platforms since then. And for those of you who have seen the Yapping Yankees logo, which if you listen to this podcast, I don't know why you wouldn't have seen the logo by now, but for those of you who have, you would know that the logo has all the platforms that the show is available on. Right now is SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, obviously. But in the beginning, it was only available on SoundCloud. Then I got it on Apple Podcasts after some time. Then Spotify for some time after that. And about four months ago, I got it on YouTube. So as time went along, the logo changed and evolved. I took certain things out, added certain other things. But Dan certainly got the logo work and design off the ground. And even the Yapping Yankees logo today does resemble what that first one 
one looked like when the podcast first came out last year, so Dan definitely deserves that credit for the logo, and the rest is history. Listen, since last year when I started this, I've released a new episode every Sunday, as I mentioned earlier, other than just the two weeks that I needed to miss in this last year, but again, all things considered, in a year, missing only two weeks is pretty damn impressive. I will pat myself on the back for that, but regardless, other than two weeks, I have been churning out a new episode every single Sunday for Yapping Yankees, and it's been a blast. It did come to fruition after I was brainstorming those ideas for those last few months leading up to graduation, and then a couple of weeks after graduation, I thought to start it up, released the first one basically about a year ago to this very day, more or less. And it has been a blast ever since. I love doing this every single Sunday and also keeping my broadcasting skills that I learned from college sharp every single week as I usually do. And obviously it encourages me every single week to continue popping out new episodes because of all the support I am so fortunate to get from each and every single one of you, my listeners, supporters out there. You all mean so much to me and I always remind you of that. But every single Sunday, it is my pleasure to do this podcast. It's so much fun. And that's just a little bit of the history that led up to this podcast coming out going back to last year. And it is a huge personal landmark and a huge landmark for the podcast overall to have made it to episode 50. I hope to do so many more episodes going down the line. Of course, I have no intention of stopping this podcast anytime soon. It's too much fun and I'm too passionate about the Yankees. And of course, that was a huge driving force behind me starting this podcast too because of my craziness for the Yankees. I've been in love with the Yankees for well over 10 years now. I'm crazy about them. And that's why I ended up siding with the Yankees podcast because baseball's my heart, the Yankees are my heart, and I just really wanted to talk about them alongside keeping my broadcasting skills sharp from college. So those were many of the driving forces and a lot of the brainstorming that went on throughout the time that I was really putting this podcast together for months leading up to graduation and then me starting it a couple of weeks after graduation last June. And think about it, we've had so much to talk about between how bizarre the 2019 season was, how crazy the playoffs were and everything that happened, everything that took place in the offseason with the cheating all the way up to now. This last year has been pretty damn adventurous, and I've been very, very fortunate to have so much to discuss on this podcast. I mean, regardless, I always come up with things to discuss every week, no matter what. That's what content creators and producers do, and that's our job if we do shows. But... We have had an awful lot to talk about this past year. So much has happened. And you know what? That's not going to stop today because today we have a lot to talk about too here on episode 50. So that is some brief history mainly for those who didn't already know. And if you want to know more about it, you're always free to hit me up on my social medias. Please don't be shy. Again, Facebook at Mike Scudero NY, Twitter at Mike Scudero, and Instagram at MikeScuds97. You can always hit me up. I really don't care. I'd love to hear from you. But again, that's basically some brief history for those who didn't know about how this podcast came to be last year. And the rest has been history up until now throughout this past year, which, again, I have had a blast with every Sunday. I know I've said that many times already, but it bears repeating. I have a blast with it every Sunday. I truly do. Every time I bring out a new episode to you guys, and I'm lucky, again, to have such great supporters and listeners like you. And I know I always give my thanks to you guys, but you can never afford to do that for your lovers and fans and supporters and listeners. You can never afford to do that. 
enough for them. So like I do at the end of every episode when I quote unquote tip my cap to you guys for being awesome, I just want to do the same right now and remind you guys just how much you mean to me. I could never put into words how much I appreciate all of your love and support. And obviously I do hope the Yapping Yankees empire just continues to grow as time goes along. Always remember to continue to spread the word about the show to friends, family, anybody else you know, just spread the word. And I also do wish we were closer to some baseball happening so that those of you who haven't been listening to Yapping Yankees for a very long time, could see what it's like to also talk about games that happen throughout the week leading up to each Yapping Yankees episode every Sunday, because it's even cooler going through what happened in some of the games throughout each week. But of course, we haven't had that for many, 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 many months since the postseason in 2019, thanks to this godforsaken virus. And unfortunately, the more time passes, the less likely it's looking that we will have baseball in 2020 at all, especially now that, and we'll get into more detail on this later, of course, that it seems the league alongside the team owners and the Players Association are further apart than they've ever been since the negotiations to bring baseball back started. So isn't that just freaking glorious? So we'll we'll be talking plenty about that later in MLB News, along with what has led up to the two sides being as far apart as they are throughout this past week, since the Players Association actually made a proposal to the league last Sunday, actually, and it was reported after I released Yapping Yankees last Sunday, so brilliant timing on that one, of course. (laughs) I just can't win sometimes, but we'll discuss that proposal briefly, and I say briefly because it's not really worth spending an hour on since, as most of you already know, it was rejected by the league. What a shocker. Then, in that same breath, we'll discuss the talk that began circulating after that throughout the week about a significantly less number of games being played that the greedy owners were on board with doing, obviously. And along with this mess in negotiations, I'll also be tearing the Yankees a new one. I'll be tearing them to shreds later on, and deservedly so, for something they did this past week that definitely did not have to be done by any means, and they have it coming, trust me. You probably already know what I'm talking about, but we'll get into it later in Yankees news. And, obviously, which will be tackled in just a minute up next, since we always do this first, we'll also do this week's poll, which, again, like last week, got tons of votes and replies, especially on Twitter, as usual. I'll get through as many replies as I can, as I usually do, and I'll try to get the replies of some new people in as much as possible, too. And I shall do my best, but I will tell you the poll segment might be cut a little bit shorter than usual because of this extremely long and special intro I've done for episode 50 of Yapping Yankees, but we'll have ourselves a fun time as we do every week, and again, I'll try to keep today's episode too. I'll try to keep it a bit shorter than the ones from these last three or four weeks or so because they've been long episodes lately, I know. They've been hovering around an hour or even gone well over an hour, and you guys are awesome for listening to them all. I'll try not to keep you here for too long today, particularly because, and I don't know what the weather is like by you today, but today it's gorgeous here in New York, so I want to get out there and enjoy the day a bit. And we're already off to a not-so-great start timing-wise because of this extended intro, but obviously I'm still going to do my best to try to fit everything in within a reasonable time. Obviously, we are never on time constraint here on Yapping Yankees, but for your sake, because I know the episodes have been crazy long lately, which I know none of you have a problem with because none of you have complained at all, but I do want to keep it within a reasonable time today because I have kept you for a long time on these last few episodes. 
It'll probably still be long though, so who am I kidding? So between the beautiful weather, again depending on where you live, and yet another solid episode of Yapping Yankees coming at you today with episode 50, although much of the discussion again isn't going to be very fun because of the content, because of what baseball is doing, don't blame me, blame baseball, but the podcast itself should be a blast as always, and these things combined should help to brighten yet another one of your Sundays today despite these dark times in the world out there of course, although things seem to be improving, but you get what I mean, so let's get right into the poll. As always, we will begin on Twitter and then head on over to Instagram. This week's question is as follows. Quite simply put, the question is, are you okay with the 50-game season proposed by the league? Now, I hinted what this was in my intro, too, when I mentioned the league proposing a significantly less number of games being played, and this was what was proposed, more or less about 50 games for 2020, which a lot of people feel strongly about, of course, as you'll hear in the replies once I give the results. But again, the question is, are you okay with the 50-game season proposed by the league? And as always, give me your thoughts in the comments for a shout-out on the podcast. Now, I I gave you three choices to vote on on whether you're okay with the 50-game season proposed by the league or not. The first choice is sure, it's still baseball. The second choice is no, it's so pointless, just 50 games. And the third choice is I really don't care now. And I really wanted to include the I really don't care option because I've seen an overwhelming amount of people, and I don't blame them at all, but it is very concerning for the sport, as I've been mentioning these past few weeks about what these crap negotiations, what kind of trouble it has put the sport in, it has put it in trouble, and you'll hear the evidence yet again in these poll results, but there have been an overwhelming amount of people who have also said they just don't care anymore because they're tired of listening to the back and forth between the owners and the players. They have enough going on without having to pile on with hearing the owners and the players at each other's throats. So again, those are your three choices. Either sure it's still baseball or no it's pointless or saying you really don't care at this point anymore. And the choice of sure, it's still baseball, did win because 45% of you who voted voted for that choice. So 45% of you voted for sure, 50 games is still baseball regardless of how many games are played this year. But although that choice did win by getting 45% of the vote, listen to this. 29% said they really don't care anymore, and 26% said no, it's pointless. So those final two choices were more pessimistic and really negative towards baseball playing 50 games this year. Only 50. So if you really think about it, even if 45%, which was the majority of the votes, voted for sure 50 games is still baseball, if you add up the 29% who voted for the fact that they really don't care, and the 26% who said no, 50 games is pointless, you have 55% saying they either don't want it to start because 50 games is pointless, or they really don't care. So really negativity prevailed in this poll, if you really think about it, against the 45% who said sure, it's still baseball. And we have a pretty healthy sample size here for a Yapping Yankees poll. Over 1,500 of you voted, so that's a pretty decent sample size. And of course, thousands and thousands more would be even better, but obviously right here, well over 1,000 people, between 1,000 and 2,000 people, that's not a terrible sample size. You have to imagine that may more or less just be the case amongst the baseball community at this point. So if you really look at it again, although 45% of people said, sure, it's still baseball, and that choice won against the other two, it's also important to 
look at the fact that if you combine the people who said no, playing 50 games is pointless, or they don't really care, if you add up the results of those two choices, those two results, you have 55% of people who feel that way. So you have 55% still thinking negatively on the subject against the 45 who still want baseball regardless of the amount of games being played. So you still have more of a pessimistic standpoint here. And again, I really can't blame people for feeling that way about not caring or thinking 50 games is ridiculous because we could get more than 50 games if greed wasn't prevailing here as we know. And also people are just tired of listening to the back and forth. And that's why I can't blame them for not really even caring at this point. And again, we're going to get into all of this even more later on in MLB news. So just be patient. But again, those are the results for the poll on Twitter. And again, like in so many past weeks with the poll, thank you all so much for voting on this. Again, so much interaction between the replies and the votes, over 1,500 votes. That's awesome. Obviously, the more people who vote just gives a clearer picture as to how people are really feeling, and it just makes for a better discussion. So speaking of that discussion, let's get down into the replies and get through as many as I can, because again, of course, we are almost 25 minutes into this episode already, and we haven't even gotten to the poll replies, so I'll try to breeze through these as fast as I can and try to get to as many of you as I can. And I know none of you really care how long I go on the podcast. You'll listen to it regardless, and again, I do appreciate that so much, but I don't want to keep you here for an hour again today, so let's get right into the replies. First up, we have at MJ Torres 1230. A good friend of mine, also named Michael on Twitter, says, Selfishly, I want to enjoy baseball, but it will be exhausting. No one will ever respect the World Series winner fully, and it'll all be just because of some ugly labor talks before the CBA in 2021. Well, as far as somebody respecting the champion this year, regardless of what kind of baseball we get this year, if any, again, I've mentioned it on the show before. I think it's just going to be up to personal perspective, how people just feel individually about how they're feeling about whatever champion is crowned this year if we do get baseball. But I am also glad you mentioned the CBA because, again, that could be in real jeopardy. It is coming up in 2021. And with the way that relations are between the owners and the players right now, I don't really know how the CBA negotiations are going to go next year. It could be in danger. It very well could be. And God forbid, could lead to a strike. I mean, it's just... How much more nonsense are we supposed to take at this point as baseball fans? It's just been so much these last few months from the way that baseball ended, injuries to the cheating scandal, the punishments after the cheating scandals, which many people were not happy with, what's happened with the virus and what's taken place as a result of that with trying to bring baseball back. It's just been insufferable for months. It really has been. And I'm not comparing our hardships as baseball fans to the, obviously the awful things going on out in the world. Not comparing that. I'm just speaking from the perspective of a baseball fan. How frustrating things have been with the sport these last few months because it has been. At Irish Wrestles says, I'm trying to be optimistic. I want to see baseball back no matter how many games, empty arena, or social distancing or whatever they have to do. Well, we'd all love to see baseball back, but unfortunately the only thing keeping us from that, as you know, is money. And I'm trying to be optimistic too, man, but as you know, the longer this crap goes on between the two sides, just it seems the less likely we are to get baseball. That's just the way that it is. At Official Stacy says, I really don't care at this point. Just kind of done with the back and forth. Well, you were basically the kind of person, Stacy, and you are a good friend of mine, so you know this, of course, and the way I feel about all of this, but you are basically the exact kind of person I was speaking for before in the poll results when one of the choices was you just really don't care at this point because you're exhausted by the back and forth. And a lot of people feel this way because if you go to this poll on Twitter that I posted and you see Stacy's comment, you'll see a lot of people liked it too. 
A lot of people are feeling this way. They're just tired of the back and forth. They really are. And I see this on social media all the time, so I know it's true. Up next, we have my good friend Tina on Twitter, at MountainGal456, and she says, I'm sad to say, Mike, but at this point, I really don't care. The back and forth has taken all the joy out of it for this season. If they come back, fine. But if they don't, basically whatever. And this, again, just like Stacy, is the mindset that a lot of baseball fans are in. I really hope the owners are happy that they've made a lot of baseball fans feel this way because the I don't care feeling is probably the most dangerous feeling of all for the sport's sake because when people start to not care whether it comes back or not simply because of selfish negotiations on behalf of the owners, that's when the sport is in trouble. And a lot of people, again, feel this way. Tina, Stacy, and millions of others around the country who just have no patience to hear this back and forth seminar anymore. They are just tired of hearing this. And again, like Tina said, it's taken the joy of even thinking about having baseball back this year. And that's how you know all of these horrible negotiations between the two sides is putting the sport in danger. As I've been saying for weeks on end, because it's true, it is putting the sport in danger because people just don't care anymore about the negotiations or whether the sport comes back, which is the dangerous part. I've been saying it until I'm blue in the face, and right now I'm blue in the face too, but I will keep on saying it because it is the truth. Let's keep going. Up next, we have at Yankee Sky says, A champion should only be crowned after a full 162-game season and with no asterisks. Well, the Astros might have a thing or two to say about that as far as asterisks are concerned, but regardless, about crowning a champion only after 162 games, we have had strikes in the past, you know, 81, 94, 95. We've had times like that in the past when seasons are cut short, and people still have their opinions about those prior seasons many, many years ago that were cut short because of strikes and so on. But it does seem also the passing of time does have a lot to do with it because I do see a lot of fans that still consider the 1981 Dodgers as the World Series champions that year, the 1995 Braves as the World Series champions in 1995, obviously nothing in 94, there was no World Series in 94, and many fans may not have felt that way back then about the legitimacy of those championships, but maybe over time they just grew to accept them. So at Yankee Sky, I'm not sure if you do consider the Dodgers to be legitimate champions in 1981, or if you consider the Braves to be legitimate champions in 95 in two shortened years, but if you do, then maybe if this season happens to be, you know, maybe 100 games less than the full 162, or maybe 50 to 100 games less than the full 162, especially because it's from a situation out of anybody's control with this virus, maybe in time you could grow to accept them too if you do accept the prior champions too in shortened seasons, but I don't really know how you feel about that. I guess you don't consider the 1981 Dodgers and the 95 Braves to be the real champions either in those years, since you really did try to make it clear that under 162 games isn't a real title, but who knows? Maybe as some time passes, you could grow to accept it, as I know many fans have grown to accept that over the years from those prior Dodgers and the Braves teams in 81 and 95, respectively. At C. Dixon 25 says, It's baseball. It's better than nothing, but I'm indifferent at this point. This year's been a joke for baseball. I completely agree. These back and forths for baseball, even going back to the cheating scandals and just everything, it has all been a huge joke. I completely agree, Chris. And it really breaks my heart to say that because, again, I don't take pleasure in saying that. Baseball's my heart. It's my number one. It was the first sport I ever started to watch, and it means the world to me. And it breaks my heart to say that. I don't take pleasure in saying that baseball has been a joke. At TJT Whitting here says, ultimately, I still want baseball. 
However, I could have easily voted for the other two options because I am beyond ticked off that it's a week into June and an agreement has not been made. Enough with the bickering already. The fans deserve a decision already. Absolutely, man. I completely agree. At Julie Bobuli says, I don't see option number four. MLB, make up your minds. The NBA made a decision, so why is it taking you so long to get your bleep together? <laughs> Again, we don't curse in the podcast, so I have to do with a little bleep myself. But regardless, I get the frustration. I do. And I have made the comparisons between them and the NBA and the NHL because, of course, the NBA and NHL have basically figured out their return-to-play plans, and they're a little different with their financials in general, but also because of the fact that most of their season was already done when they had to hit the pause button because of COVID-19. But regardless of that, still, there have been middle grounds and solutions to be reached here for Major League Baseball in this whole negotiations process. And as we know, greed has been the only path taken so far, so it's frustrating, and you still can just say, look, at the other sports. They're all coming back. And how's it going to look if baseball's the only one that doesn't come back? It's a reasonable thing to say. And the frustration is well understood. It really is. At Laker 477 says, as long as MLB does everything possible to ensure the safety of the players and coaching staff, I'm okay with whatever number of games that they agree upon. Well, yeah, that's for sure, as long as they agree with the safety. And again, as I've said on prior episodes, if the safety of the players and the team personnel were the main concern in all of this, that would be totally understandable. Nobody would have a problem with that. At least not nearly as much as a debate just over money, but we all know what this is about. Even if officials come out and say, oh yeah, they're still far apart in the health and safety protocols too, give me a break. They're disagreeing on money. That's the problem. We all know it's the problem, and you can't convince us otherwise because we know, as fans and human beings, that everything in the world revolves around money, and that's the main problem. Come on, we're not stupid here. But yes, if safety was the legitimate concern in all of this, yeah, we would all understand. We would. The players are going to be the ones going out there in the field and risking their health and risk bringing something home to their families, possibly. They're going to be the ones doing that, so we understand those concerns. But we know this is about the money. The very money that us fans give to the owners. Let's just keep going before I just blow a gasket right here and now in the middle of the poll segment. Up next, we have At Peace Now for Life says, I say it's pointless with no fans in the stadium and all the proposed new rules. It won't be the same game we all love. I miss baseball, but I want real baseball. Well, yeah, at the start of this, I'm pretty sure we all knew that if baseball were to return, as well as any of the other sports too, we all knew that we were going to get different and modified versions of the sports if they were to return to play in this COVID-19 world without a vaccine or anything to treat it. But I get it. Wanting to see real baseball, I understand. I totally do. And living in these times these last few months has been unbelievably frustrating. But from the start, if we were to get baseball back this year, I think everybody did accept we would get a very, very different version of baseball. And the same thing applies for the rest of the other sports that are coming back too. You know, they're going to have no fans. They may have to do special things within their games when they play. It's just the way it has to be right now, and hopefully by next year we can return to normal. At Radio Shactive 95 says, Honestly, I don't care because I saw this coming because of how badly the MLB botched the cheating scandals, and I knew that they would use this labor dispute to distract us from the fact that the Astros and Red Sox cheated. Nah, I gotta disagree with you there. I don't think it really has anything to do with the cheating scandals or hiding the fact that the Astros and Red Sox cheated. I just think it's about the money. That's really all it's about. At Texas Second says, any form of baseball is better than no baseball. 50 games sucks, but I'd rather watch baseball than there not be any. Well, that's fair enough. Listen, I know a lot of people just want baseball back, regardless of how many games there are. 
And that's fine. To a certain degree, I want that too. I just want to be able to turn on my television and watch baseball again for the love of God. But again, there are definitely a lot of people out there who think it's pointless just doing only 50 games since it's just barely over a quarter of a real season. The fact that there are other solutions and middle grounds that could have been met that would give us more baseball. Or because of the fact that they just really don't care anymore because they're tired of hearing the back and forth between the owners and the players. At Julian Guillarte, one says 50 isn't what you want by any means, but at least it would give us a distraction and something fun to talk about. And we would finally see Cole pitch, which is all I really want at this point. Hey, well, listen, I'm not going to deny that I want to see Cole pitch at this point. I really, really want to see Cole pitch. Me and you, Julian, I know we were a couple of the main Yankees Twitter people who were staying up really late on Twitter the night that Cole was signed, and we exploded with excitement alongside many, many others. And for months now, we've just been dying to see Garrett Cole pitch in a regular season game as a Yankee, so I will definitely not deny that. And even if we only did get 50 games, that would be really cool to be able to see Garrett Cole pitch in a Yankee uniform at all in anything beyond a spring training or an exhibition game. But yes, I definitely understand. 50 games or more, it would be a distraction. But a lot of people feel otherwise. They just don't think there's a point. And it's hard to ignore that side sometimes because a lot of them have good reasons to back up their feelings on all of this. At BobbyTats631 says, I'm okay if the season's only 50 games. Obviously, we want more, but any type of season will show communication hasn't completely broken down between the owners and the players. Well, yeah, that would show it, but I mean, it's been really, really ugly up to this point as it is, and it just really seems they're nowhere near any type of an agreement at this time because many people have said they're just further apart than ever, which is just awful, and on June 7th, to put it bluntly, straight up embarrassing. At Long Island underscore Tony says, baseball is baseball. All right, fair enough. At VR Srinath says, I get it that it's all complicated and it's not easy to work out. The sides need to get on meetings and work things out. No point in dilly-dallying for weeks over a proposal. I am so over it. If this negotiation is bad, wait until the CBA. And yeah, that's what really freaks me out, that after all of this, the CBA negotiations could go terribly too. And then after all of this stuff, we could have a strike up ahead. I just really, really don't want that at all. Nobody does. At official 52011 says, I would like to have more than 48 to 50 games, like around 75 to 83, because I think 50 games or 48 games, which MLB wants now, is pointless because I don't think it's enough to make the playoffs. Well, yeah, that's fair enough because a lot of teams who can be a slow starter in the beginning of the year and then have a resurgence in the second half of the year, they could have a playoff chance taken away from them or vice versa if you're really good in the beginning of the year, but you don't really deserve to make it to the playoffs and you'd probably nosedive in the second half. You probably get a shot to go to the playoffs that you wouldn't get in a regular full season. But again, that's out of their control because again, this all started from a situation that has been out of anybody's control. But it would certainly alter the fate of many teams as far as their playoff aspirations are concerned, as opposed to a regular 162-game season. There's no doubt about that. And a lot of people did mention this too, but a fine example of that is the fact that the Washington Nationals last year, if you only judge by the first 50 games, and of course they would go on to win the World Series last year, in the first 50 games they were well under 500, and they wouldn't have made the playoffs if they played a 50-game season last year. Meanwhile, with a full season, they had the time to rebound their record and go on to win a championship. So no doubt, cutting off that many games would alter the course of many things. Up next is at M. Zimmel, and he says, In my opinion, I would love to see the season resume. My biggest concern is the fact that the CBA is going to expire next season. 
the way relations between the league and the PA are at, we may have a strike. I would be okay if they use this time to ratify a new CBA and have a full season in 2021. Well, yeah, again, another person raising the concerns about the CBA next year, and they're valid concerns. They really are. Because again, if those negotiations go sour too next year, on top of everything that happened this year, going into 2021, you could have a strike. And then by then, oh my god, I can't even tell you how much trouble the sport would probably be in. It would be in so much trouble. Even extending the hardships between the two sides to next year with getting baseball back for a full and normal season, hopefully next year, even that being affected by these relations this year, that'd be like a bad nightmare. I can't even think about that. Let's get through a few more. At Sarah Jane underscore 99 says, I always knew the owners were greedy as evidenced by ticket prices alone, but this has shown it on another level. <laughs> yes, it has. Yes, it has. Because even in times like this, these dark, dark times out there, they still cannot put their own selfish needs and greed aside. And it's us, the fans, who give them that money that they're truly turning their backs on. They're turning their backs on us, their main source of profit. And as I've said, like you're saying, this shows it on another level, and I, for one, definitely will never forget the greed of the owners this year in the midst of everything going on and how they still couldn't put it aside despite everything happening out there in the world. They still couldn't put it aside despite the fact that no matter what they do, whether they play or not, and if they do play, how they play, they would still lose money regardless and they still didn't put their own selfish needs and greed aside. If anyone wants to school me financially now about how they own a business or how to be an owner or whatever since I've never owned anything, then fine. Do what you have to do. But all I know is that with the wealth of the owners, they could have easily compromised come to more of a middle ground with the players and get a return to play policy going and come to an agreement. At Big Thinking 25 says, I'm not on board with it. I feel that 50 games isn't enough for the people heading towards free agency to secure a big contract for roughly one third of a season. Well, yeah, free agency has definitely been affected big time by everything going on and we will definitely see that down the road that is definitely true free agency has been rocked by this at UD Jimmy says I'd rather have a little baseball than no baseball at all all right fair enough at Alex vote 1198 says nationals were 19 and 31 after 50 games last season and ended up winning it all 50 games is nothing and yeah, I mentioned that before about the Nationals. Definitely cutting that many games off the schedule, it would alter the course of many things, as I said, and the Nationals are a fine example. And I knew a couple of people did mention that in their replies as well, but that was also an example I was thinking of when I originally heard that they wanted to do 50 games, the league meaning. So I certainly agree, but again, at the same time, we all knew coming into this year with how everything's been going on, we knew that we would see a different kind of baseball, at least just for this year. But again, I agree, it would majorly alter that. At Glenn Jackson 12 says, I guess, anything for some baseball. Oh, fair enough. At Fried Pork NJ says, too big of a risk of injury. Yeah, that's another concern among many. Is it worth sending the players out there to risk injury just for 50 games? Especially if you're a Yankee fan, you may feel that way because of how they've been haunted with injuries these last few years. But that could be a concern in the minds of some as it is here. Is 50 games worth sending the players out there to get hurt? For some, it may not be worth it. Couple more. At L underscore Corey says, I really don't care until one of our guys gets hurt in the first week back. Well, another injury concern right there. At Dman1471 says, I don't care. The owners need to get their bleep together and just play. 
I'm with the players. They're the ones taking the risk and put forth the product and should be well compensated. And none of their contracts have pandemic clauses, although I'm sure there will be here on out. Well, I'm pretty sure the players knew that they would have to take some cuts somewhere, and that's why the prorated salaries were originally agreed upon, and then the owners, upon really measuring what their losses would truly be, if baseball were to return with no fans, they backed out on their word. Which has been the main reason why tensions have been so high, because that was originally agreed upon, the prorated salaries, and then the owners backed out of it. Let's finish off here on Twitter with at CharlieRicker24 says, I want to say sure, it's still baseball, but I am concerned for the game's future. The owners don't seem to care, and the commissioner seems hell-bent on destroying baseball as we know it. I don't see much there to disagree with. I mean, you guys all know my feelings on Commissioner Manfred, and I really am concerned about the game's future too. I voiced that concern on this podcast ad nauseum, as you guys know. I do think the sport is in danger, as you guys know, if money is the only factor separating us from it in 2020, evidenced by how many people are saying, no, don't even start it if it's just 50 games because it's pointless, or saying that they don't even really care anymore. And then I think it'll be in even more danger if the poor relations between the owners and the players affects the negotiations for the CBA next year, which could put the sport into a potential strike come 2021. That would put the sport in even more danger. So yes, Charlie, like you and many others, you all know that I'm very concerned for the sports' future, and you also know what I think about our commissioner. The one who's dedicated himself so much to growing the popularity of baseball by instilling all these small changes that most of them have done nothing, but in the same breath makes things as complicated as they are to bring it back for this year, and all of just the things combined, how he acted with the cheating scandals, and just everything combined, almost everything that he's done since he became commissioner, I feel has put the sport in danger as well. I know the owners really have the major say more so than Manfred, they're really in charge of it all, they're the ones with all the money, and and again, that's another major reason I really blame them for these poor relations between them and the players, but they really have the end-all be-all, but the commissioner still has a big voice. He's the commissioner of baseball, and in his time as commissioner, he has used his voice miserably. I think he has done very badly for baseball, and I think he is, like Charlie says, and like millions of others say around the country, I believe that he is hell-bent on destroying this sport. Now, Manfred himself would probably say, oh, you're out of your mind. You don't know what you're talking about. Of course, I'm not hell-bent on it. Well, your actions say differently, Rob. They do, whether you like it or not. But in any event, as for Twitter, that's all for today with the replies. As always, thank you all for the poll interactions on there. Again, I apologize if I didn't get to you. There were a few of you that I was not able to get to. But as always, just keep trying every week in the replies, and I'll definitely get to you most weeks. I do my best. And again, thank you all so much for all the voting on there. So many of the weeks that Yapping Yankees has come out and I've done the poll. There have been so many votes on so many of the polls and this week, yet again, like last week, over 1,500 votes. And again, the more votes, the clearer of a picture we get as to how people are truly feeling on a particular subject having to do with either the Yankees or baseball. So thank you so much for the high amounts of votes, over 1,500 Awesome stuff, awesome replies, and the whole nine yards. You guys are just awesome. But let's head on to Instagram before we wrap up this week's poll segment. I see we're already about 45 minutes into the podcast, so let's get through Instagram and then talk about some Yankees news and MLB news from this past week. But as for now, on Instagram, of course, the same poll question applies. Are you okay with the 50-game season proposed by the league? And again, DM me with your thoughts on Instagram, as always, for your shout-out. And over here... The two choices, and again, you know I have to do 
two choices on Instagram because it's all they allow on Instagram story polls. But the two choices were yes, it's still baseball and no slash I don't care anymore. And on Instagram, a bit more of an optimistic standpoint from the voters. If you recall on Twitter, a combined 55% of people either said no, it's pointless to bring baseball back for just 50 games or that they don't care anymore. And 45% of people said yes, bring it back. It's still baseball. On the contrary, on Instagram, 65% of people said yes, bring it back. It's still baseball. And 35% of people said no or that they don't care anymore. So again, a bit more of an optimistic standpoint on Instagram. Let's get right over to those couple of replies. First up, we have my girlfriend at Vic Salimo on Instagram says, In my opinion, 50 games is better than no games. My main concern is that the guys will get rusty if they don't start playing in some form. But if they agree to a 50-game season, I wouldn't make it count for a championship. And yeah, many weeks ago, I did bring up the idea of if you're going to have that few amount of games played, maybe just make it like a fun exhibition sort of tournament, maybe towards the end of the summer or the beginning of the fall. I don't know. It's just an idea I threw around. Maybe some people would agree with that, or they may just think it's pointless and not worth putting the players out there and risking injury. I definitely understand that standpoint too. But yeah, because obviously 50 is a significantly less number of games, of course. And it is better than no baseball. Not arguing that part. I definitely hear that part too. And yes, another concern very well could be that with the players not seeing any live pitching in any live games since the couple of weeks that they did spring training back at the end of February into the beginning of March, all the way until spring training until next year, they could be a bit rusty on that. I do think that that's a valid concern too. And who knows, that could increase the volume of injuries too. We'd have to wait until next year and see if baseball's to not be played this year, how much of an effect it would have on next year's productivity. Then we had Richard Chin on Instagram says, it should be more than 50 games or 48 games now because it won't be enough. Well, a lot of people feel that way. They do. You are not alone. My good friend Laura Eisman on Instagram says, it may be less games than what all fans want, but I'm fine with it. I'd rather see something than nothing at all. And we've seen a good amount of people with that standpoint, so I, I hear that, I do. And we'll finish off, as always, on Instagram with my mom, Julia Gina Scudero, and she says, at this point, it could act as an appetizer for next year. Let's see what these boys have. Can we please see Cole pitch? Let's get our pitchers' arms working, or they'll be rusted beyond repair till next year. Let's just see baseball on the TV already. Well, Mom, you and my friend Julian on Twitter would definitely get along as far as wanting to see Cole pitch badly because, again, you both know that I badly want to see that too myself. And yeah, yet another concern about how rusty the players, whether it be on offense or on pitching or what have you, another concern about players possibly being rusty, very rusty next year if baseball's not to be played at all this year and pitchers are not to pitch to live hitters and hitters are not seeing live pitching for a whole year. It is a concern, and a valid concern among many. But those are this week's replies for the poll on Twitter and Instagram. As always, I want to thank each and every one of you guys so much for taking time to join in on the fun with this week's Yapping Yankees poll here on episode 50. You know I greatly appreciate all the interactions, guys. You know that, and you know the drill. If I wasn't able to get to you this week, whether it be on Instagram or Twitter, just keep on replying to the polls every week, and I'll definitely get to your response on another poll in the future. Unfortunately, sometimes it's not easy to get to everybody, but I do my best keep commenting and without further ado we're going to jump right into Yankees news as I can see we're nearly 50 minutes into the show now so much for trying to make this an episode on somewhat the shorter side of things but I should have known big landmark episode 50 extended intro this week it was probably going to be a longer one so 
Let's get right into Yankees news, and unfortunately, as I mentioned earlier in the extended introduction, it's not going to really be anything good with the Yankees. It's going to be about five to ten minutes straight of me just ripping my team apart, and rightfully so. It's because of a reason that I mentioned in last week's episode when I was talking about how through last Friday, not this past Friday, the Friday before, the Yankees were continuing to pay their minor leaguers their $400 per week, which I also mentioned is obviously barely anything since non-roster minor leaguers are, in general, very underpaid as it is. But I had hoped that the Yankees would continue to treat their minor leaguers right, because through that last Friday, they were doing it. They were still paying their minor leaguers. They hadn't announced the release of any of them. Organizations like the A's were talking about not paying their non-roster minor leaguers anymore and releasing many of them. Dozens of organizations around the league released hundreds of their minor leaguers combined, even close to maybe thousands if not over a thousand. And it was more understandable amongst smaller market teams that did this because, of course, they make significantly less profit than the huge market teams like the Yankees, the Dodgers, the Red Sox, teams like that. But last week, I also mentioned the list of teams who at the time pledged to continue paying their minor leaguers for the rest of the year and or did not release a single one. Now, although the Yankees had continued again to pay their minor leaguers and keep them on past that past Friday, I also did mention that that was subject to change that they could do otherwise this past week, and unfortunately, they did, which makes it even more disgusting because small market teams, again, like the Minnesota Twins, like the Kansas City Royals, even other ones like the Cincinnati Reds, even the Astros have done this, those organizations pledged to continue to pay their minor leaguers and not release a single one for the rest of the year despite the financial hits that have come as a result of the virus. And when that happened, I, and especially the Yankees non-roster minor leaguers, expected the Yankees to do the same, because if small market teams like that can do that, then surely the Yankees, amongst the richest franchises in sports, could afford to do the same for their minor leaguers. Because the Yankees, not only are they the most valuable MLB team, but as I mentioned before, they're probably one of the most valuable teams in all of sports. They're worth $5 billion. The number two most valuable team in baseball is the Los Angeles Dodgers, around $3.5 billion. They are by far the most valuable MLB team. There's no disputing it. $5 billion. But if you thought that they would have the courtesy to treat their minor leaguers in this proper fashion, like I did, you would be dead wrong. Because this organization earlier in the week had the gall, the guts, to announce that they were released. 45 minor leaguers 45 and a lot of people jumped quickly to mention oh some of them probably would have been released after spring training anyway well what about the ones that wouldn't have been released after spring training what about them what are they supposed to do now get a job at a retail store somewhere you are the New York Yankees you can afford to pay those minor leaguers much more than $400 a week and it would be like pocket change for you 
This was an embarrassing and shameful move by the Yankees, regardless of how you look at it and regardless of how you spin it. I don't even want to hear the bickering about money. I don't have to be in on the Yankees organization to know this, but any regular citizen in the country can look at the Yankees worth $5 billion and then look at really small market teams like the Twins or the Royals and see that they're taking care of their minor leaguers, and the Yankees worth $5 billion or not, they have every right, like me, to be infuriated with this organization. It is clear that all higher-ups throughout MLB team ownership with these negotiations, and even with the Yankees when it comes to the minor leaguers, that people who have disgusting amount of money, people who have more money than God, are only interested in keeping it and not helping other people. These billionaires want to keep every penny. Obviously, not every rich person is like that. Some rich people do use their money for good, and God bless them because there are not a lot of them out there like that. And the Yankees and the rest of team ownership when it comes to these negotiations to bring baseball back are fine examples of what I'm claiming, that a lot of people, especially billionaires, who have what it takes to take care of their own, but they choose not to, are jerks. And most of them I have seen are like this. It's coming out in their decisions and their actions. Even the organizations that announced that they were not taking care of their own minor leaguers like the A's as I announced, they made that announcement for last week's episode that I told you about a couple of days prior to the episode. They had announced that they were not taking care of their minor leaguers. They were going to stop paying them. Even organizations like the Nationals did the same thing. But both of them, as of this past week, both the A's and the Nationals had changed their stance on it with the front offices saying, oh, we realize we made a mistake and we need to take care of them. Why can't the Yankees do that? I've really had it, and that's why I've gone on such tirades these last few weeks about these rich billionaires who will not take care of their own even though they can afford to. The Yankees ought to be ashamed of themselves. Absolutely embarrassing. Those poor minor league guys that would not have been released after spring training anyway, which everybody loves to mention to try to jump to some sort of defense of this move, which there is no defending this move when you're an MLB team worth $5 billion like the Yankees are. It's inexcusable. It's gross. And I just had to tear into them today because I am not sure that in my time as a Yankee fan, I have felt much more disgust for the team that I root for than I have felt in this time period. And I'm not stupid. I know a lot of those minor leaguers that were released, maybe all of them would not have made it to the major leagues. Who knows? We'll never know now. They've certainly potentially had their dreams squashed. But I know how almost nobody makes it to the major leagues. Making it to the major leagues is an extremely rare and incredible accomplishment. I know that. I know that there are countless amounts of minor leaguers who enter the minor league system with anticipation of making the major leagues and very, very few of them do. I know this. But it's just from the standpoint of having the money and the Yankees have plenty of it to properly take care of your own guys and not doing it when you can. And I saw countless amounts of people all around the baseball community, and especially the Yankees community, which I'm glad to see because I like when people are able to put their bias aside for the team that they root for and properly rip them when they deserve it. I saw a lot of people saying exactly what I thought right when I saw that report of them releasing these guys. So I know basically everybody agrees with me on this because there is no disagreeing no matter how you spin it or you look at it. This was a disgusting move by the Yankees to do this. They could have easily taken care of those minor league guys or at least most of them that wouldn't have been cut after spring training anyway and they should have done the right thing. You should have done the right thing, Yankees. You all ought to be ashamed of yourselves in that front office. All of you, the lot of you, you should all be ashamed of yourselves. 
Take care of your guys. You're worth $5 billion, and you definitely would have only experienced some change out of your pocket if you would have continued to pay them the $400 a week for the rest of the year. Again, it's gross underpay as it is. You could have afforded to do it. I'm just putting myself in the shoes of those guys and feeling absolutely terrible for them. That's why I've erupted the way I did today, and also erupted for the thousands of others probably who have been released, who maybe wouldn't have been cut after spring training ordinarily, and maybe would have had more of a shot at the major leagues. Who knows? We won't know now because they've been cut. Maybe they could have a future in this game after all this stuff is done and maybe when these big organizations like the Yankees stop crying poverty, but we'll only have to wait and see. But I feel awful for those guys and I wanted to give them a voice on the episode today and just voice how disgusted I am with the Yankees and all beyond rich and wealthy organizations like them, like the Dodgers or the Red Sox, which I know the Red Sox are not grouped in with this, but any rich organization out there that could easily afford to take care of their guys who are very underpaid as it is, and they just choose not to. It's not okay, and these organizations need to be called out on it, and that is exactly what I'm doing with the Yankees today. Shameful and embarrassing. The Yankees ought to be ashamed of themselves with this. But who the hell am I? I'm not someone with $5 billion. I'm just another guy doing a podcast, I guess. But I and every other Yankee fan out there has every right to be disgusted with the Yankees over this. We have every right. Treat your own the way that they deserve to be treated if you have the money to do it, which we all know the Yankees have the money to do it. I was beyond surprised to see this report come out when it did, just like the minor leaguers in the Yankees system were surprised when they got the call because they, like everybody else, said, hey, those smaller market teams are taking care of their minor leaguers, so that's basically a lock for the Yankees to take care of us. Nope, not how it is. But it's okay, Yanks. Just keep on charging people $15 for beer. Keep your exorbitant prices for chicken buckets, water bottles, parking. Keep on charging us up the wazoo and making all your money that you make. And just continue to sacrifice all your morals by not taking care of your own, despite you making all the money that you're making. Absolutely disgusting. Shame on all of you. All of you in the front office completely deserve to be ripped to shreds because of this. Every single one of you who had to do with this decision deserve to be ripped to shreds. And I do wish I could tell you I'm going to calm down for MLB news now, but not necessarily the case, because like the Yankees organization's selfishness, the team's owner's selfishness as a whole, and the two sides' unwillingness to compromise, as I said earlier in the show, have the negotiations at the worst they've ever been since the start of this, and the chances for baseball returning in 2020 at an all-time low. So let's quickly discuss what happened in this arena before we end episode 50 today. We're at an hour already right now, I know. So much for an episode on the shorter side today. (laughs) I should have known a landmark episode would be longer, but let's get into everything that happened with the owners and players this past week. I'm not going to repeat the same things, all the thoughts I've had that I've said a ton of times on past episodes yet again about this whole situation, but we should go through what's taken place between these two sides since last Sunday that's led up to these negotiations being in the worst state they've been in since the start of them. So let's rewind back to last Sunday night after I released episode 49 of Yapping Yankees already, of course. Again, as far as the reporting of this, fantastic timing as always. And of course, I mean that in the most sarcastic tone possible. But if we flash back to last Sunday night, Jeff Passan released on Twitter that the MLB Players Association 
did in fact actually give a proposal to the league on Sunday night. So usually the league is the one to just get a proposal together, get it approved by the owners, and then pitch it to the Players Association, and the owners are the ones really taking the forefront of the negotiations, since of course, they're the ones with the money, and they really have the big say on what happens on behalf of the league and what they think. Because of course, money talks. But now this time it was different because the Players Association came up with a proposal of their own and proposed it to the league and the owners. I'm just going to go through what the details included really quick. I'm not going to spend much time on it at all because as we all know already, this was rejected a couple of days later by the league. But again, Jeff Passan released the details of the proposal on Twitter. And again, for those of you who don't know, Jeff Passan is an MLB insider. He is a very reliable source to follow. Probably one of the most reliable sources to follow other than guys like Ken Rosenthal. But Jeff reported that the proposal included a 114-game season that would end on October 31st because, as we did briefly mention last week, it was being mentioned that the league was really trying hard to have the season done by October 31st or November 1st, which, as we know, is around the time that the postseason usually ends. So this 114-game season would end on October 31st. It also mentioned the right for all players to opt out of the season if they wanted, and also mentions potential deferral of salaries if the 2020 postseason were to be canceled. And for the players opting out, those who were considered high risk would receive salary, whereas the others would receive service time only. The players would also receive $100 million total advance during the new spring training, the second spring training, and the PA also proposed two years of playoff expansion. Now, obviously, 114 games sounds awesome, but it also included prorated salary with some loopholes, as you just heard when I described the proposal. But I and many others had a feeling that if the owners were fighting so hard on giving prorated salary for about 82 games, then I doubt that they would do that even if loopholes were in the proposal for 114. And not to my surprise, it did seem that I was right because shortly after, just a couple of days following the MLBPA proposing this to the league, the league rejected this proposal. Despite the olive branch of the deferred salaries, which the deferred salaries you've known, I've spoken about them on the past couple of episodes of Yapping Yankees, have been thrown around as a possibility to ease things up for the owners a little bit. And that's why the Players Association mentioned salary deferrals in this proposal as sort of an olive branch to the league and the owners. Evidently, it still did nothing because the proposal was still rejected by the owners and the league. And it was announced Wednesday officially that the league had rejected the 114-game proposal, but I had a feeling that they weren't on board with it anyway because on Monday, Major League Baseball immediately hit back and proposed a 50-60 to game season with the previously agreed upon prorated salaries as the players wanted. But of course, this wasn't for 70 to 80 games or the 114 that the Players Association proposed because, of course, the players want to play more games. That's why they proposed that many. But the original discussion was 70 to 80. And then the league now hit back with 50 to 60, with even 48 being a number thrown around the last couple of days, which obviously is a very, very little amount of games compared to that of a regular schedule. It's barely over a quarter of a season. And obviously, since it is a much less amount of games than spoken about in past weeks, that's why they would be willing to do the prorated pay because it's barely any games, 50 to 60 games, which now it really sounds like as of today and yesterday, it's like 48 or 50 now. 
That's not many games that you would have to pay the prorated salary, and that's why with the number of games driven down significantly like that, now the owners would be willing to pay prorated salaries like it was originally agreed upon. Just with less games, meaning less money going out. But the two sides now, because of this, because of how clearly far apart they are in their thoughts on what baseball should be like upon its return, these two are clearly not even close to being on the same page. It has now resulted in negotiations being at a worse stage than they've ever been at throughout this entire thing since the return to play talks started between the two sides. And it's all about the money. What a shocker. One side wants 114 with prorated, the other wants 50 to 60, maybe even 48 to 50 now with prorated pay, and many other things still not agreed upon financially. And now here we are on June 7th with the dates and the likes of June 10th or 15th that have been thrown around for the start of spring training too, just days away, and the rumored dates throughout the first week of July being the start of the season are basically all out of the question now at this point without an agreement being reached between the two sides with people like Ken Rosenthal or Bob Klapish or John Heyman all saying that negotiations at this point are in the worst state they've been in basically since the start of this exhausting very public and irritating back and forth seminar so I'd say at this point like I said last week about time running out that unless something miraculous happens in the next week or so between the two sides as far as an agreement those dates I mentioned before the original dates they were hoping to start up by a week has passed now and I'd say those dates are out the window and now they cannot start spring training two by next week and the regular season around the 4th of July unless again they come to an agreement like tomorrow. It's too soon. Like I mentioned last week, you'll need time to get all the players and all other team personnel to their respective facilities or spring training parks in other words. Get the facilities all ready to go. Get the games together and play. Give everybody proper time to get ready again after abruptly stopping spring training months ago because of COVID and then get the season started by around July 4th. And I'm sorry, I think it's already too late to get all of that done. And there still isn't an agreement with the two sides further apart than ever. And with this, you have more and more people every day, as you heard on this very podcast by the regular people out there listening to this back and forth, you are getting more and more people caring less and less about baseball returning because of the exhausting back and forth, and that spells danger for the sport no matter how you put it. So congratulations on driving people away from the game. Really good. I got to give it to you. Got to clap. I really got to give it to you. Excellent job, you fools. I've proposed this dozens of times on social media and everybody seems to be on the same page about it. And I know we're not the owners, so we can only say so much about this. Nobody knows what the books are from the league and how much financial trouble they would be in and are in if there are no fans in attendance. Not even the players know that because they've been trying to get the financial numbers from the league and the owners, but we know that they'll probably never give those numbers up. But I find it really hard to believe that there wasn't a middle ground like this. For instance, I think it would be fine if there would be 70 to 80 games this year, something along those lines, maybe just a hair less than a half a regular season. These billionaire owners can give the prorated pay with that, but defer some money if necessary to future years to ease up the burden on the owners a little bit. Why can't this be done? Why can't it be done? Can somebody please explain it to me? Am I an idiot? Do I not understand? Are the owners idiots? Please let me know because I think that that is a very, very fair middle ground. There have been many middle grounds 
compromises and solutions to be hit throughout this whole entire negotiation process. But on behalf of the owners, as we know, greed has been the only path taken thus far. And because of that, negotiations are worse than ever with the chances of baseball in 2020 being at an all-time low putting me in a sour mood partially for the 50th episode of my podcast and turning everybody else off to the possibility of baseball returning to with your mind-numbing back and forth. I will thank you because my fans enjoy when I rant too, so that's a good thing, but you have left us with nothing but aggravation. Us, the fans, and I'll repeat this one thing every week because it bears repeating. Us, the fans, the ones who make you what you are and keep you owners billionaires, keep you rich for buying networks like the Yes Network for the Yankees, going to games and paying for parking, merchandise, concessions, the list goes on because we love and are dedicated to your product. It's us that you're turning your backs on, owners. Do any of you care or do any of you also care about the damage you're doing to the sport with these infuriating negotiations with the CBA around the corner in 2021? While all the other sports are returning too, while you continue to dispute pennies on the dollar, do any of you care? Anyone? I guess not because your actions are still telling us all that we need to know, that you don't care about the fans or the sport. Great job growing the game, as Manfred in the league loves to say. You're killing the game. You know what it could have done for some people if spring training were to start in the next week or week and a half, the season to start around or maybe even on the 4th of July, America's pastime starting on the 4th of July? You know how awesome it would have been for people? I'm not saying it would have solved the world's problems by any means. There's a lot out there that needs to be fixed, of course. But you know what it could have done for people nonetheless? But no, that's basically done with now. And you'll try to squeeze in your 48 or 50 games, probably starting in August for crying out loud. You might as well do a freaking exhibition tournament at the end of the summer. I realize that a little baseball is better than no baseball, but it's only being sacrificed because of money. That's what I and everyone else can't get past and what aggravates us. So hopefully things miraculously change, but as of right now, with things looking worse than ever in these negotiations, with people like Rosenthal, Heyman, Passan, all of them saying that even those in MLB who felt baseball was definitely returning also now have little to no hope of it coming back, it would seem you have dropped the ball over money. I know they've said they also don't agree on safety protocol yet either, but don't waste my time with that. I'd understand that if that were the case. I'm not a heartless monster, but it's the money. It always has been about the money. I know that, the rest of the fans know that, and so do the owners and the players. So congratulations, owners. I'm sure you cannot wait to watch your consumers, me being one of them, enjoying basketball, hockey, and even other sports going on that I've mentioned are coming back in prior episodes, all doing their thing while you do nothing. Great job. I leave you with this. Baseball's been on an ugly streak, and it is hurting it. Trust me. The cheating scandals, the outcomes of them, these endless and very public money disputes, and it could even continue on next year with the CBA negotiations in 2021, which many other people have also mentioned. I have one piece of advice to the league and the owners. Be careful with your greed, guys. Just be careful. That's all I'll say, 
And that's how I'm going to leave you because as of now, that is all for episode 50 of Yapping Yankees today. I have definitely kept you long enough. One last shout out to Team Left Jab and Grunt Talks MLB. Team Left Jab features Team Left Jab Uncensored and the Team Left Jab United Radio Network. Be sure to go follow Team Left Jab on all social media platforms at Team Left Jab and check out their great sports content across anywhere you find podcasts. Apple, Spotify, Blog Talk Radio, iHeart, you name it, the list goes on. Be sure to check out Team Left Jab. And our other shout out goes to Grunt Talks MLB. Be sure to visit their website, grunttalksmlb.com to see all of their baseball content and see where they feature Yapping Yankees. Also be sure to follow the man behind the website, Darren on Twitter at YankeesReport28. Special thanks to Darren and Grunt Talks MLB, as well as Team Left Jab, for helping spread the word every week about Yapping Yankees. And also, as I've been doing since COVID-19 began, I also want to give one last shout out to all of those fighting this virus on the front lines, and I'm glad things are improving, but they are still selflessly, bravely, and tirelessly doing all they can to rid us of COVID-19, from the doctors, nurses, to first responders, police, the fire department, all healthcare workers, all of them. I want to extend my gratitude to all of you for your efforts at all times, but especially in these times and the essential workers too. You guys are the unrealized heroes and you deserve to be thanked every time someone comes across your path. And again, guys, like I said in the beginning of the show, please be sure to follow me on all social medias as well. You can find my Facebook fan page at Mike Scudero NY. You can find me on Twitter, which I am disgustingly active on, so you should easily find me on there, at Mike Scudero, and also on Instagram at Mike Scuds. 97. And I also don't want to forget to tip my cap as I do every week, but especially here on this landmark episode 50 to you, the listener. Whether you listen, give feedback on the show, vote or reply in the polls, interact with me personally, support me in the podcast and show love on social media, whatever it is in the world you do to show your love and support, I tip my cap to you and remind you just how much I appreciate your believing in me every single day. Thank you guys. You guys are a major part of the reason why I'm motivated all the way from episode episode one up here to episode 50 and even further beyond. You guys are a major reason why I'm motivated to keep on releasing new episodes every single Sunday. So again, thank you so, so much. I do hope you SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify listeners enjoyed as always, as well as you YouTubers out there. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button on the Yapping Yankees YouTube channel and listen to the past Yapping Yankees episodes. Episodes 34 up to this one, episode 50 are available on YouTube and episodes 30 all the way back to episode one are available on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. Once again, thank you 3000 for listening. I am Mike Scudero, and I will talk to you next Sunday, June 14th, when I come at you with episode 51 of Yapping Yankees. Until next Sunday, hang in there, be patient, please be safe out there, look out for your loved ones, and as I've always been saying, do not be a moron. (laughs) Have a good week, guys. Thank you all again for the amazing support all the way up to here, episode 50, and here's to many, many more episodes in the future. I'll talk to you next Sunday, guys. Take care.